This is Dennis Ramundi with uh, my co-host, Phil Goldberg. Our guest today was Bob Roth, Executive Director of the David Lynch Foundation. Now, what did you think, uh, Phil? Well, it was great to talk to him. As you know, as we were uh, candid about, we've both known Bobby for all these years. Mm-hmm. I hope listeners don't think it was too much of a uh, uh, family reunion, but um, he's doing wonderful work, and it's yeah. wonderful to, to see people uh, being this consistent in their dedication to, to something worthwhile for all these years. You know, and some of the idealism of those days uh, maintained and finding useful outlets, you know, bringing uh, meditation to all these underserved populations. It's right. Great, it's great to know. No, it, it was uh, very inspiring. I Look, I, like you, I got involved with TM years ago, and I have been practicing it for many years. And, you know, one of my concerns over the years, even when I was teaching it, is generally you're getting upper middle class people and all. There's a lot of the society that's not served or benefits from not just TM, uh, spiritual practices in general. Uh, in the West anyway, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, here's this organization, and thanks to David Lynch, the filmmaker, who put a lot of his time and money into it, and uh, they really are. I mean, they're teaching a lot of people in inner-city schools. I've talked to a number of people who have visited the schools, very impressed. Uh, boy, anything you can do to help these veterans coming back that are dealing with uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome, you know, God bless whoever does anything in that area. And, you know, battered women, really uh, Native American folks dealing with a lot of issues. And, and they've also done programs, I know, in Brazil and another, uh, a number yeah. of other countries. So I, I think that's great. And I think, again, I mentioned it in the interview with him, is that one of the areas that has inspired me most in what we're doing, talking about contemporary spirituality and people working in this area, is so many people like, uh, was it uh, Andrew Bucko and... Others, uh, uh, Adam, Adam Bucko, that, that where they've taken what they've learned in terms of uh, spiritual techniques and 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 teachings and sharing it with those uh, that are really suffering in the world and and helping to elevate their lives. So, uh, you know, it's it's inspiring. It's inspiring. It's encouraging, especially if we look at the world and some of the people that are don't seem so concerned with the well-being of others. Yeah, and um, I think what you uh, mentioned is um, uh, applies to all the different um, expressions of alternative spirituality, unconventional spirituality, sort of, um, especially the ones that concern teachings from from the East. Um, being adapted into Western life in the American Buddhist community, um, where people learn Vipassana meditation and other forms, and Zen uh, in the yoga world, of, you know, Hatha yoga in the yoga studio world. There's a lot of critique about it being a white middle class thing, um, and and it's a valid critique. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, it's just. The, the, maybe it's a function of money and access and um, what the media pays attention to, but that tends to be um, the, the population served tends to skew toward affluent right. white middle-class right. people. And, and, I think and I, then there's the counterbalance <laughs> of some people uh, seeing that and then making an effort to mm-hmm. bring these valuable practices and teachings 
to underserved populations. And you see it in the yoga world, you see it in the Buddhist world. Obviously, you, you heard about it with respect to TM and Bobby, and, and many of the other spiritual organizations have outreach to other populations. Right. I also enjoyed, uh, you know, Bobby, when he was asked by about mindfulness and other meditations, other techniques, he said, look, everybody should have a toolbox with all kinds of tools on it. Because what's, you know, uh, TM, I think it's been wonderful in my life. Uh, but for other people, maybe, you know, there's other techniques, other technologies, mindfulness, whatever, uh, that uh, work uh, fabulously for them and all. And it shouldn't be a competitive arena where, you know, it's Coke versus yeah. uh, Pepsi. But more like, look, try this, try that, try whatever, and whatever works for you, great, yeah, you know. And, uh, <coughs> uh, uh, you know, and I, I think you also, uh, when you brought out the concept of not, of the immediate effects of it, helping alleviate people's uh, problems sleeping or with uh, anxiety or whatever, but then looking beyond that uh, toward, uh, you know, uh, total maximization of, of human potential, you know, uh, yeah. full spiritual growth. Well, you know, that's, that's an interesting question because it, it's one that has always been relevant. Um, I always tell the story and I don't know if it's apocryphal or not, but back in the, in the days when, I, when we were teaching TM, I remember being told that, um, and it may have been from Maharishi himself, that in his very first lecture in the U.S., I believe in San Francisco, uh, after, when he came to the mainland after Hawaii, um, he was speaking about higher consciousness and enlightenment and, and the usual subjects uh, that were um, most relevant to the teachings at that time. And then somebody in the audience asked if meditation would, if TM would help him sleep, and he said yes. And the headline the next day was, Yogi says uh, meditation cures insomnia. So, and the joke was, oh, you know, these teachers come to wake people up, and all they want to do is go to sleep. And, but, and now it's in the yoga world. You know, people are concerned that the, uh, what, the meaning of yoga and the essence of yoga as a spiritual awakening tool and set of practices is being um, overlooked or trivialized by it becoming about health and wellness. Right. But it, it's always been that way. Right, right. You know, and I'm I, working I on this book about Yogananda. You know, back, he was, it happened to him in the 20s and 30s. People want... people have their immediate needs and you have to right. a good teacher addresses those needs right. and a good the best teachers also let them know there's more to it right and i think that's what bobby was alluding to yeah we had this discussion with the editor of uh, yoga journal and and for me right. if somebody is doing yoga to look fit and and uh to you know be more limber and all and doesn't have a spiritual thought in their head. There's no problem with that for me because right. if it's making them happier and fuller, they're growing spiritually. And at some point, right. if they continue to do it and they continue to grow with that, they're going to uh, realize there's more to life than than looking good on the beach, you know, and uh, uh, being limber. And, and so I think it'll naturally come to them. And I think that most right. of the great teachers, uh, spiritual teachers, uh, saw that and didn't have a problem with that. And the, the expectation wasn't uh, from the day from day one that the 
the aspirant would be seeking God, you know, necessarily. Right. But they, right. they, they get him on a path, and then eventually those realizations uh, come. Yeah. You teach to what the student can hear and what the student is interested in. So all the uh, cynicism about yoga and meditation being medicalized or psycho psychologized, as Bobby said, you know, you speak to the language of the times, but you also speak to the language of the individual. Right. And so if people find a doorway into deeper spirituality because, you know, they have back pain or high blood pressure and they take up a, a, a practice that can be understood as a medical intervention but is also a spiritual practice and has a deep effect on the mind and consciousness well you know that just speaks to the versatility of these te these teachings right. I, I was also interesting what bobby said about <laughs> celebrities and how they don't get out much and they talk to each other and about uh you know how they share you hey there's a good yoga teacher down the street or there's a, a meditation teacher but oh it also uh and i remember this from back in the uh, 70s or was it 60s when I heard uh, Mia Farrow was going to India to study with Maharishi uh, there was some insight for me that hey even if somebody is rich and famous they're maybe not feeling fulfilled and, right. and that even people that are major celebrities uh, in the world that we may think li live you know the lifestyles of the rich and famous and boy isn't that a, wouldn't that be amazing that they're, they're also seekers they're also looking yeah. for greater peace yeah, and, and happiness and and to me, you know, as the guy who's written a lot of this history, when I give presentations about the Beatles' role in mm -hmm. bringing India to, to the West, that's one of the things I always say. The media coverage, uh, when they learned TM and when they went to India, was extraordinary. And I think one of the reasons was these are people who could have done anything they wanted in the world. Right. They had the money, the fame, everything. And they chose to go for an extended period of time to, you know, a, a rather austere ashram on the banks of the Ganges. And, and everybody said, why? What's that about? Why are they even bothering when they have the world, you know, the world is their oyster? And that was a, a huge teaching in and of itself. Absolutely. It had that impact on me. Well, uh, uh um, great information. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that. I, I, I was a little worried that we would sound like we were proselytizing, but I think yeah. we, we dealt with it objectively. And, and honestly, to our listeners, you know, Bobby Roth is a friend of ours. We've known him for 45 years. Uh, we've taught meditation together. Uh, we've involved in a number of things together. But I, but I think uh, we covered it fairly and, and tried to uh, give it yeah. every angle and perspective. And I think He's, he's genuinely a, a really good guy that's uh, doing a lot of, helping a lot of people, as is David Lynch yeah. with his foundation. Yeah, and I don't see any reason why we shouldn't have our friends on. I mean, he paid us well to have him on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. All now right. We, okay, Dennis. Until next time. next time, Spirit Matters Talk. Please tell your friends about us. Uh, go to our Facebook page. Uh, we're on Twitter. It's all at Spirit Matters Talk. Uh, the website, of course, spiritmatterstalk.com, and uh, more uh, wonderful interviews coming up. And I have to say, Phil, I listen to our show after we do the few week after we do the recording, and boy, uh, uh, we've had some really fabulous people on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. If we do say so ourselves. There you go. All right. Okay. Uh, Bye.
Peace.